Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Worry, It's Confidential. (sighs) It's a beautiful, sunny summer day. I just had a client and I wanted to do my last week before taking some time off as a solo episode because I guess I've wanted to record this episode for a while and I thought it would just be nice nice timing, a nice little solo time, me and you chatting it out, aka me chatting to you. before we take a little bit of a break a well-needed summer break I hope everybody gets to take some time off this summer and just relax be with friends be with family I'm really really looking forward to it I don't know if you can hear my kind of raspy voice it's a lot better than it was yesterday but I had a really fun weekend I through a birthday party for my boyfriend because I'm going to be away. I'll tell you all about the trip in a second, but it'll be away for his actual birthday. So we did a full celebration on Saturday where we got breakfast together and then we went to the island and then we had a little intimate dinner party. Apparently I was talking too loud and by the end of the day I had no voice. (laughs) So that's just something that happens to me. Not the most convenient for a podcaster and a therapist where all I do is talk and listen. So yeah, yesterday I had like a complete silent day, (laughs) but it was a beautiful weekend. It was so much fun. I feel like something from Saturday, which I guess I wanted to share on here was just the reminder that even if you can't travel, you can still kind of have that same travel sort of feeling experience when you're in your own city or town. I feel like that's what Saturday kind of reminded me of, like being able to go to the island and just spend some time away from my usual routine. Makes you kind of feel you're getting a bit of a vacation even if you don't go anywhere. And I think that's something that I've learned through traveling is that you don't actually have to be anywhere to have that same feeling. Of course, there's beautiful other aspects of traveling, but you can also bring that sort of feeling and love of life to home as well. So I wanted to share that. I guess I'll tell you all a little bit about my trip before I get started into the topic of today. I am going on a little bit of a European tour. (laughs) Initially, it was just supposed to be like two places, but then I am definitely the type of person to take advantage of these types of things, both for economical and environmental reasons. I have friends who live in Europe who I haven't seen in like one of them like eight months and then the other one like two years. And so I was like, you know what, if I'm buying flights to Europe, then I might as well stay a little bit longer and get to visit them. So my trip is going to look like this. I'm going to the Azores, an island, technically Portugal, but like really, really far away from mainland with like a group of 10 girls, which is going to be amazing. This is the same group of friends that I did a road trip to Halifax with last year. We went out east last year and then the year before we did a road trip out west in Canada. I actually had an episode episode that we recorded on the trip last year. Let me find it. It's the friendship episode uh, on August 5th. So you can go back and listen to that. I'm basically going with the same group. There's a couple people from that trip that couldn't come and then a couple more people who are coming this year that couldn't come last year. It's basically my high school friend group that has just kind of expanded as we've gone to university and stuff. Just a few people have been added. So then we go to Lisbon for two days and then we go to Italy for six days. And we're going to like the southern part, like Positano, Capri, Sorrento. And then after that, I am flying to London with two of my friends and visiting my friend, the one I haven't seen in two years. He's actually been on the podcast. 
and we're staying there just for like a little bit more than the weekend. And then I am spending the last week in Amsterdam visiting my other friend, also been on the podcast, and I'm going to be working from there. So yeah, I'm, I'm so, so excited. I also lived in the Netherlands for a year during my exchange. So this is my first time going back since. And I'm so excited to just be back there, reminisce. I'm going to do one night alone in the town that I lived in, in Utrecht, just to really bring myself back, remember, spend some time alone reflecting. I can't wait for that. It's going to be so beautiful. And it, I can't believe it's been that many years since I've been there. It feels like very little, but it was definitely like a super pivotal time in my life. And I learned so much from that experience. So I feel like it's going to be really cool being back there. And like a lot of the dreams I had then about my future have come true, which is very cute. (laughs) But I remember being so stressed about fourth year because I was in third year about like getting the right courses in order to be able to then get into my master's and like then getting into my master's so I could be a therapist not that I knew every step but it was basically like the idea I had in the back of my mind I remember saying like (laughs) remember this memory of me in the library being like honestly like I felt very hopeless in that moment because I was like things were just not working out realized like maybe I should do a thesis like all this stress was coming on and I was like if I get into my master's I will tattoo a phoenix on my body because I have a phoenix that rose from the ashes. <laughs> Just because, yeah, you know, I've I mentioned it throughout the podcast, but there's been definitely academic struggles throughout my life and being able to turn it around so much and get into a really, really great social work program and one of the best schools in the world. And it was just like, I was like, if I can do that, then I'm a fucking Phoenix. (laughs) Let's just say I didn't get the Phoenix tattooed, but I mean, spiritually, emotionally, there's a Phoenix on my body. I guess it's never too late though. Yeah. So I'll be off for, I think three weeks. You never know. Last time I said three weeks and it was a couple months, but it's definitely not going to be as long this time because I already have so many episodes I want to record. I'm actually recording one this week that I'll be releasing once I get back. So I'm feeling very motivated still to continue with the podcast. It's just good for me to take some time off and not think about anything while I'm there to really regain energy, unplug and disconnect. I think that it's underrated to do that. And I am notorious for trying to be like, oh, I'll just see like one or two clients while I'm there or something like that and it's like no because once you're in that mode of seeing people like it kind of switches the whole vibe and I just need a little bit of time to just like fully not do anything so I'm very excited very very much looking forward to it definitely as I said last time during my break I definitely suggest taking this break to go back and listen to some of my episodes I know life is busy and weekly episodes it's a lot I know trust me I edit and record them (laughs) but I'm sure that you've missed some so I definitely suggest going back listening to them reflecting or just re-listen you know why not (laughs) and rate and review the podcast this is like a perfect time you know I'm on vacation you can send me a nice little message saying wow I miss your voice in my ear every second that it's not there yeah I I dare someone to write that on the reviews yeah and follow me on instagram um at don't worry it's confidential and yeah we'll get into the topic i guess on today's episode i am going to be talking all about the idea of being enough or rather the idea of not feeling like we're enough 
and questioning it, saying, what if we were enough? What if you were enough? What if I was enough? I came up with this idea a while back just because I feel like it's something that pops up so much in therapy, so, so much. I think the core beliefs that people hold a lot of the time kind of comes down to this thought, this thought that they are not enough. And it's crazy because so many people feel this way. And maybe for some people it's specific, like I'm not good enough in my job or I'm not good enough in romantic relationships or my body's not good enough but then it all kind of comes back to this idea of I am not enough and actually the episode that we recorded with my other therapist friend a couple weeks ago we spoke about this being like the one thing that we would want to tell people our clients we would want them to know is that they are enough that they are worthy that they are lovable and I think it's something we all have to just like take a second and be like what why Why is this the core belief that we all hold? And I wrote a lot of notes about this just throughout the weeks. I've kind of just been writing my notes all about it. Really scattered notes. I might jump around to many different things. But basically, my first sort of thought about this was if everybody feels like they're not enough, then who is enough? Then what is enough? You know, like if we are all thinking I am not enough, then like what is enough? A lot of the time we compare ourselves to other people, but then that person we're comparing ourselves to also thinks the same thing, thinks that they are not good enough. And I think knowing that is just a huge signal in that we all should question this because what if we just flip the switch? What if we just said we are enough? You are enough. I am enough. Nobody is not enough then we could all kind of start to feel a little bit better we could all start to acknowledge that there isn't one person that has this figured out and the next person that doesn't we all are constantly asking ourselves this question one thing that I always do or that I do a lot with my clients is seeing certain emotions seeing certain beliefs and asking what is the function of this emotion what is the function of this belief because a lot of the time we can think certain things are completely useless we're like why do I still get anxious? Why do I still feel sad? Why do I still feel like I'm not enough? And the truth is a lot of the time these emotions, these beliefs have a function. They've been kept around for a long time for a reason. And I think for this specific belief that we are not enough, a big purpose of it is it keeps us working on ourselves. It keeps us being hard on ourselves tells us, okay, You need to keep doing more. You need to keep working to become good enough. And I think that idea can be helpful and we can thank ourselves and our belief systems for thinking that. But I also think we should question and say, whose idea is this that we need to work? We need to do more to be good enough for a standard that we'll never reach. I mean, I think there is a lot of this that is embedded in capitalism, is embedded in the way that our society is formed. And it's kind of this idea that if we think that we're good enough, then we don't need to work as hard all the time, then we don't need to consume, then we don't need to purchase or change or buy that fit tea or that gym membership or work 20 hours a day so that we can get that pay raise. And I think it's 
good to question that. Like, why am I doing all those things? What is it that I'm trying to get to? And I think once you start questioning it, you realize that there's not really that many things outside of you that will get you to that space of feeling good enough. Ask yourself, have I ever bought enough things that I felt like I was good enough, that I was stylish enough, that I was cool enough? Have you ever bought enough makeup to make yourself feel pretty enough? I don't think it has anything to do with what you buy. I think it's all to do with how you feel. I think it's the moments where I haven't been connected to social media or haven't been obsessed with buying the next thing that I felt the most beautiful and the most stylish and the most cool. It's when I've kind of let go of that needing to change is when I've felt like enough. So I think recognizing that there is a motive to all of these things. There's a motive to all the ads that you're getting on Instagram. There's a motive to all these ideas that are being pumped in your head by society of working to be at a certain level of of reaching success. And I'm not saying I don't want these things. It's really, really hard not to want these things. And it's not necessarily something that you actually have to let go of fully because I think there are things that from success, from financial growth that can give you freedom, that can give you certain things. But I think asking yourself, am I doing it because I don't think I'm enough and questioning that belief is really, really, really important. I guess if we look at that motivation piece, I think a fear that comes up a lot of the time with my clients or with friends that I've talked to about this is feeling like if I let go of this belief that I'm not enough, will I continue to be motivated? Will I continue to be able to work as hard as I do? And I think that you can. I think you can. I think that maybe there's a way of motivating yourself out of love instead of out of hate. I think for me, an example of this that I really have started to realize is, I mean, a lot of therapy is kind of identifying and noticing what kind of thoughts are coming up, the negative thoughts, the intrusive thoughts. And a place for me that this becomes super evident is when I'm working out for a really long time, especially like not when I'm playing sports and stuff, but when I'm doing a Peloton class or running, doing a certain thing that feels really hard physically. I hear these negative thoughts being like, you can't do this you should just give up, you should stop. And this is not going to actually help you get fitter. This is not going to help you get stronger. Like just, just give up now. Like this is not enough. And that was like a really obvious place that I noticed this. And I was like, wow, what would happen if in this moment I decided to shift that? And instead of saying these like terrible things about myself to myself, I started to say really nice things to myself. And it definitely felt silly. Like it felt weird because I wasn't used to it at all. But I started saying things like you actually can do this. Like you are able to do this. Like we limit ourselves with telling ourselves we can't do things. There's that whole story about like no one ran a certain speed until one person did. And then after everybody could do it, it's like telling yourself that you can do it, that you are enough, that you are able, that your body is beautiful and wonderful and strong and capable. And I started to notice myself enjoying the experience more and being able to get more out of it, being able to do more reps, being able to bike a little bit more and get my personal best run a 5k when I never thought that I could like this was like a huge turning point and it went from the story of I'm not enough to the story of I am enough and I'm just believing in myself I am enough and I'm doing this for myself and I think that's so cool like that is a small little example just through fitness of how much of a difference it can make to start thinking about motivation from a place of love and a place of enoughness than from a place of not enoughness and and basically self-hate so I challenge you to kind of pick an area whether it's the same as what I did or a different one and, and start thinking about in which way am I talking to myself when 
you're working really long hours. You're saying, oh, it's because I am behind all of my coworkers. I am the worst here. I don't belong here. And so I have to prove myself and I have to work 20 hours a day and I have to work seven days a week to be able to catch up. And maybe when I do, I'll be enough. That's one perspective. That's one way of looking at it. What about if we switch that and we say, I'm going to work really hard today because I believe in myself, because I am enjoying this, because I'm learning, because I'm seeing the the growth in myself, in my company, in my team. I am happy to be here. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to take breaks so that when I'm actually working I'm there I'm present I'm not anxious I'm creating in my best self I'm gonna prioritize sleep and going outside and all these things because I know then my work will be better and I will feel better and I'll be happier and this is a lot of stuff to kind of break down and we believe that we can only do things in a certain way in a certain it has to feel hard in order to be effective and obviously there are hard parts of life but maybe it doesn't always have to be hard maybe it doesn't have to be you pushing against yourself you hating your nine to five and then you loving the moments that you have off maybe if you do it out of love then it won't feel like such an extreme when you're off and you have to go and binge drink or yeah live for the weekends and and instead you'll be able to kind of find a balance and see the beauty in the stuff that you do every day and maybe it'll lead you to question why do I hate the stuff that I do every day do I think I'm not enough so much that I am taking on this job that I hate because I don't think I deserve more. I mean, that's a big one. And I know it's like, there. it's hard. It's hard to question. And there are moments that you do have to do things that you don't like to do. But at the same time, like, it's okay to say, if I hate my life, like, I can, I can change. You are enough and you are worth it to, to question that and to pick things that make you feel better and to start noticing things that make you feel happy and good as well. Because again, if we're seeing the world through this story, through this filter of I'm not enough, then we look to confirm it. Confirmation bias is one of the biggest things that I, I mention and I talk about in therapy because once you have a story in your head, once you have an idea in your head, you go around and you confirm it day to day all the time. And so if we change that story from I am not enough to I am enough instead of noticing how shitty your life is and how much people don't see you, how much you're unappreciated, how boring your life is, you start to notice the small moments of appreciation. You start to notice the happy things around you the the growth that you are experiencing in this difficult time and it's not to say everything is perfect and fine and dandy it's just to say that there is good in everything there is growth in everything and shifting things into a love perspective can help you see that another area I think this shows up is in dating and relationships And this one was super interesting. I actually thought about it while listening to a podcast. And it's also something that I've really reflected on myself as well. I think that a lot of the time we date from a place of thinking we're not good enough and thinking that we're not good enough when we're single, right? We're thinking that we're not a good enough person for other people. And so we date from this place. And if you date from that place, then every person that is interested in you, we accept, 
right? We, we start to think, okay, well, if I'm not good enough, then this person liking me or giving me attention, showing me love will be the only proof that I have that I am maybe good in some ways. And so we start to accept that love. And then we end up in toxic relationships or ones where we're unhappy because we went into it on this basis. And if you believe that you're not good enough before dating, then you either go into it thinking that this person will fix you and make everything better. And then you come to that stark realization that that's not true. Or you kind of get into this trap where you never asked for what you needed or or really filtered out for things that you don't want in your life because you were accepting any love that came to you. And so I think that's so important to work on all the time, whether you're single or in a relationship, but coming to that place that you think you are enough allows you to filter out people that won't be beneficial for you, that won't love you in the way that you need to be loved and will start to let you actually get those things into your life. I think a big thing for me when navigating the dating world was focusing on myself and trying to work on these insecurities that I had, these sort of lack mentality or feelings of not enoughness and create a life that I feel excited and proud about. And then once that happened, I think that I was able to attract people into my life and definitely had a lot of wrong turns and a lot of lessons to learn. But once I started feeling like I was enough, then I started saying no to people's behavior that was hurtful to me. I started asking those questions and then more and more I felt like I was attracting people who actually cared about me and wanted to meet my needs and wanted to love me in the way that I deserve to be loved. And I think that's what got me to the space that I was in before I started dating my current partner. And that's why he's so dope. Another thing with this enoughness that is kind of interesting as well is self-help, the world of self-help and the world of personal growth. And it's, it's crazy because obviously I'm here on this podcast and talking about how to better yourself and how to personally grow and all of these things and so it feels like kind of redundant that I'm I'm mentioning this but I need this reminder because I love growing I love personal growth I love challenging myself I love reading books about this and listening to podcasts about this and kind of making my life a lot about growth all the time growth mindset about self-development about changing, about improving. And I think sometimes that also lies in the basis of you are not enough how you are right now. And a lot of us can start to put on that pressure and start to put that not enoughness story into this as well. Start to say, I'm not doing enough. I missed my meditation today. I'm not doing enough to help myself. I'm not enough because I didn't eat the healthy food that I know nourishes my body today. I'm not enough because I'm choosing to be in a job that maybe doesn't make me 100% happy. And so we start to then kind of swing it to the other side where it always feels like we need to be doing more to change, more to improve. And I also think that this is something to question and to think about and to let yourself have grace. I think part of knowing that you're enough is having that level of self-compassion and grace for yourself. So maybe you don't have to always be working on yourself. Maybe stillness and just appreciating and noticing where you are is enough. Maybe you don't have to be doing these drastic things that you think you should be doing all the time. Maybe you can take a break from reading about how you should change for a minute and notice all the stuff that you have done. Also, who you are at your core 
is enough. Who you are when you were a little kid. Think about that little child version of yourself. I like to kind of think back sometimes with my clients to our inner child. And there's a whole area of therapy that's about inner child work. And thinking back to that small version of yourself and offering compassion, offering love in those moments where you were starting to develop the story of I am not enough, feeling like I'm not good enough in school. I'm not good enough for my parents' expectations, all those moments. And and thinking back and kind of reparenting yourself in that moment and saying, you are enough. You are wonderful. You are beautiful. You are incredible. And offering that compassion to yourself. And that little version of yourself wasn't doing personal growth, wasn't trying to change all the time, was just being, was just having fun, was just connecting, was just drawing, was just playing. And I think that also is such a huge, huge aspect of this is is letting yourself go back to that version and being okay with not doing and just being and knowing that who you are without all the extras without the additional stuff is also enough I know it's it's a lot it's a lot of messages and it's a lot of difficult things to question because some of these beliefs have been formed from when we were kids and have been reinforced throughout your life over and over again. It's something that happens with us when we develop an, a story. It's the same thing as confirmation bias and kind of mixed in with self-fulfilling prophecy that you go out into the world and you look to reinforce it through new experiences. So it's kind of like the abuse pattern of, of people who have been abused end up being in a relationship with people who abuse them again and we re- recreate these patterns because our brain doesn't look for safety all the time. It looks for things that are familiar, looks for familiarity. And so then that might lead to you looking for a familiar person who scolds you in the same way that your parents did or for an experience that makes you feel little like you did at school. And so if we kind of look at that and and notice it and then bring in this you are enough and this love lens into the situation and ask what can I change in my life what can I adjust to break this pattern and to start noticing all the other times that it's not true in your life I think a lot can change and yeah I don't know I'm just here to tell you and remind you that you are enough who you are right now is enough I also think that when we think about things this way, even though obviously you can have counter arguments and you can think about it maybe more negatively, I always ask myself and my clients, which is going to be more helpful to you? Which one is going to help you be happier or reach your goals? Thinking about it in a negative way or thinking about it in a more positive mindset. So I always put that question forward when people want to be a devil's advocate or or kind of support their way of thinking is which way of thinking is going to be the one that helps you grow and be happy and enjoy life more. And usually it's that one. The one final thing I will say is awareness of, like I just said, awareness of your relationships, your environments that are reinforcing these not enough ideas. But also I know it's like cliche and stuff and social media can do a lot of great things, but it also can do a lot of reminding you that you don't feel like enough in very, very subconscious ways. I recently got TikTok because I am considering starting to TikTok to expand this podcast. And I was scrolling and honestly, there's 
there's a lot of really great content. There's people talking about this kind of stuff on TikTok. And it's it's super amazing to see younger people sharing this information and, and being kind to each other and sharing positive affirmations of love. But then as you're scrolling through that, you get hit with all these ads. You get hit with like fashion trends and stuff like that, which again, love fashion, love to look pretty, love to feel happy. But I've lately been catching myself and and I think it directly relates to the content I consume and then the conversations that we have because of the content we consume. How much you want to keep consuming, how much I want to keep buying things, feeling like I need to earn more money than I have now because then that will mean that I can consume more, that I can buy more things to make myself feel like I look the way that I think I should look, which again, I think connects to that feeling of not being enough how I am right now. And so I think it's important to acknowledge this role, this presence. And for me, it hasn't been directly deleting the apps or anything like that because it's connected to what I do. And also because there are positives, like I said, but at the same time, it's acknowledging like, why am I trying to buy more things? Why am I trying to consume more? Why do I feel sad about the fact that maybe I can't afford to buy this, that, and the other? And tracing that belief and asking, if I don't buy myself this latest outfit, if I don't buy myself this clothes, what does that mean about me? Oh, maybe I'm not pretty enough. Maybe I don't look cool enough. Maybe people will think that I'm not stylish. And what is that going down to? Again, that same belief, I think, that I'm not enough. So I think the awareness is the biggest thing. It's also important to be mindful that a lot of marketing actually targets your insecurities. So they tap into that feeling of not enoughness. They do research on the things that we feel insecure about, things that people feel self-conscious about, and that's what they try to sell you. Whether it's directly like saying, oh, this cream gets rid of acne or cellulite, or it's the opposite, kind of showing you this model, this person, this this thing will give you status, will make you be better than you already are. And if you buy this product, if you do this thing, then you will be that version of yourself or you'll be someone completely different. It's also targeting that not enoughness. So noticing that and being aware of that is so important as well. I think it's it's a lot, obviously, this whole conversation, this whole rant that I just went on is a lot, but I just hope that you take away this message that you're allowed to question this belief and that you're allowed to think that you are good enough because you 100% are. You are. Anyways. I hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode. I hope that you got something out of it. I hope that you look in the mirror and tell yourself you are amazing, you are beautiful, and give yourself a little self-love, a little self-hug, and yeah, that's it. That's all I have for today. (laughs) I love you all so, so much, and I will see you again in three weeks. Hope you have a beautiful end of July and beginning of August. Bye.